Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Let's lower the bar together. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. I don't research, as you know, but every once in a while I do Google. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Just tell me what to do. Just give me an assignment. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Pretty much dismiss anything I say today. everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today we are talking about achievable holiday traditions. Love that. We're lowering the bar, guys. Let's lower the bar together. This was uh, suggested by Brady in our Facebook group. She said, what is one simple, basic Christmas tradition that your family has? So spoiler alert, Brady's celebrating Christmas. And so you and I are both Christmas celebrators as well. Indeed. So these will be mostly Christmas traditions, although... The holidays are getting kind of broadly, secularly celebrated. So hopefully this is applicable to everybody. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit in terms of like, well, it's all Christmas. And we know that not all of our listeners celebrate Christmas. One thing to point to, I was thinking about this and I looked it up to make sure it was true. And it is. I don't research, as you know, but every once in a while I do Google. And the concept of lights and lighting the darkness is a huge overarching concept at this time of year celebrated by pretty much all the world religions. Maybe that's too much of an overstatement, but like Diwali Festival of Lights, Hanukkah Festival of Lights, Kwanzaa involves seven principles honored by candles. And then Christmas is Christmas lights. And then back in the day, we won't go down this rabbit hole when it was a, a pagan holiday, I guess, <laughs> is the word. Yes. It was a Yule log. You burnt the Yule log and Yule kind of got folded under the Christmas umbrella. So yeah. I think there's a reason why we're all doing this at this time of year, basically. Yeah. And it is light the darkness. Well, we were discussing with Susan Katz Miller on our episode last week about interfaith families. Go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. That there are religious traditions and then there are these cultural traditions that can be, you know, just as important to you based on the family in which you were raised and what you celebrated. But you can kind of pick and choose these things for yourself. So hopefully, no matter if you're religious or you're not, that there are things in here that you can do to make this time of year, which is very dark and very cold and the kids are out of school, a little bit more fun. And this year, need we say, much darker and much colder on every level. It's cold within our souls and without our souls. <laughs> That's the problem. Well, let me go back to Brady because she worded this so well, I thought. She said, what is one simple, basic holiday tradition that your family has? Don't come at me with decorating gingerbread houses or cutting down a Christmas tree. I'm talking things like a favorite meal, the order and manner in which you open presents, a book you always read, standards are low, people. Give us ideas of things to easily implement with minimal preparation. And this is a fun idea and some Something that I want to point to as we go through it, and I think we talked a little bit about this with Susan Katz Miller, is you don't know when you're forming a tradition. And this uh, is something that we talk about all the time. That yeah. some of my favorite holiday traditions are not things that, you know, there's a lot of things I put a lot of thought into. What's the meal going to be? What china are we going to use? Will we use the fancy china or the Christmas place? 
that stuff is in the tapestry. But the threads that stand out tend, should I say tend? I think often are things that are much more random and hilarious. Mm -hmm. And these things go deep. We were also talking about that on the episode. And I will begin with a story that we always slept together. So I had a brother I have still a brother and three sisters, but growing up... Wait, you have two sisters. <laughs> I only have two sisters. There's Guys, my brain is not functioning well. I have pandemic fog in the worst way. So pretty much dismiss anything I say today. Good thing I'm here to fact check. <laughs> Including my own name. Thank God Amy is here to like keep it real. What is that thing? You're like the Pinocchio counter for me. Yep. We used to sleep all together in the same room. On Christmas Eve. Wait, not all the time. Oh, no. No, no. Thank you. Speaking of fact-checking, God, <laughs> I'm a hot mess today. We've gone down a rabbit hole already. <laughs> we would spend the night Christmas Eve together, and we were objectively way too into Christmas. We were nerdy family and Christmas brought out like all the nerdiness. And I, and we were all, I was maybe especially, but I think all of us were like, it always has to be done exactly the same way because that's the magic. And my brother went off to college and brought home his college girlfriend and we were all getting in our jammies. We're all closely spaced. So it wasn't like we were little kids and he was grown. We were all late high school. At dinner, we were like, oh, and then we'll put our jammies on. Where are you going to sleep? Where are you? And my brother's college girlfriend correctly was like, yeah, I'm not down for this at all. <laughs> I'm not sleeping in a room with you all. I'm sleeping in a bed. Good for her. I would have like gotten under the covers and like not slept a wink the whole night with like somebody's weird sister. No, she was like, oh, no, you haven't met my sister. -in -law. She was like, <laughs> hells no. I remember, I mean, I was like 17 years old and I was completely devastated and outraged and being like, how can you possibly break the chain of Christmas magic? And I think that's something that many of us do, probably me more than most because I am insane. Don't yuck my holiday yum. Yeah, but at a certain point, it's totally fine to be like, we don't need the cream white onions if that is too much work this year during a pandemic. And so yes. I think it is actually, I'm going to push back, Amy. I believe it is completely fine to yuck Christmas yums this year and be like, <laughs> this year we can't do 8,000 things. This year we've got to let some stuff go and concentrate on really fun things. And that's what we're trying to guide you towards today. Well, let me tell you what, there's a Margaret principle of holiday celebrations that I am carrying with me more than ever this year. We've talked about it in other holiday episodes, which is that you should let the laws of holiday attrition work in your favor. Just last night, so I'm trying to get my family to partake more in the Christmas stuff because I have teenagers. My kids are older now. Like, I'm not going to like buy a bunch of stuff that you can pretend is from each other and you don't even know what it is until it's opened. You are going to be in charge of this. You can imagine how that's going. Oh, I'm sure it's going holly jolly, Amy. So my spouse is like, whatever, just tell me what to do. Just give me an assignment. So I said, fine, call up your sister and find out what her four kids want because... In the tradition has become the kind of, well, you don't just get anything. We kind of know what they want and get presents for each other, four kids to buy for. So last night I said, what did she say? What do the kids want? And he said, well, she said that maybe since we aren't actually going to be together in person this year, that we could skip the presents this year. And I'm like, oh, good. Oh, and a chorus of angels began. And then, and then my husband said, and I was like, well, I mean, we could talk about it. And I was like, are you kidding me? So not only do you not have the things that we have to get, you know, on a list for me, but she gave you an out and you didn't take it. And he's like, oh, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, you say <laughs> yes. You say, of course. Yeah. Let the laws of holiday attrition work in your favor. So I'm going to call her today and be like, thank you so much. Let's skip that this year. I have to update because I believe on a previous episode this year, I was making a point. Maybe it was on our Facebook Live that like this is the year we're scaling back. We always have too many presents. And this year we're not doing it. And it's going to be pandemic Christmas. And, you know, everyone gets an orange and we're calling it a day. <laughs> and that plan not surprisingly, hasn't worked out at all. And I think I was probably actually wrong about it. I'm all for not having a nutty Christmas with 8 million gifts. But as I thought more about it, and as I started to get my kids gift lists, we're not traveling this year. We're saving a ton of money on other things. And I kind of was like, let's just go for it this Christmas. And, you know, listen, we're not getting them 
you know, everything under the sun. We're not getting them that much stuff, but other people are shipping gifts. There's going to be too many gifts, but I decided this wasn't the year to get out of it. But if someone had offered me an out, you better believe I would have taken it. Right. You let it work in your favor. You don't have to be the Grinch who steals everybody else's Christmas. But if that opportunity is presented to you, you run, run for the hills with a smile on your face. Yes. Yeah. I love this idea. I want to jump in with a wrapping paper idea that I had never occurred to me. So Stephanie says that each kid has their own wrapping paper. And Alicia takes it a step further that each kid has their own wrapping paper, but there's no names on the presents. And then she puts a little bit of the wrapping paper sample like in their stockings. So the kids have to go through their stockings and then see like, oh, my wrapping paper has Santa's on it. I love that idea. I'm going to do that this year. That is a really cute idea. I will share another wrapping paper idea. I'd never heard this. We're going to do it this year because my kids are 12 10 and 8. They're still really, really into it, but it's getting a little less magic of Christmas and more like silly fun, lots of stuff Christmas. And I thought this idea was so fun and I'm doing it. Kara says, we put wrapping paper over the doorway to our family room where the tree and gifts are and the kids get to (laughs) run through it in the morning. My husband did this as a kid and we kept the tradition going. I was like, this is such a simple, fun thing to do. Like, it's like the marathon tape, right? Yeah. And I think that that's what we'll do is do maybe even after they go to sleep, put wrapping paper, you know, bars on the door to their We have an open floor plan house, so the only door is the one out of their room, but let them bust through it in a cute, fun way. That seems like hilariously fun and very low buy-in to me. Very low buy-in and another like five bucks worth of wrapping paper too. And believe me, one thing we never have a problem with is too (laughs) much wrapping paper. My kid's school does like a, you know, wrapping paper buying fundraiser. We, that's not a problem. And there's already enough. I mean, listen, the whole thing is a giant tree murder exercise where everything is just tons of paper getting thrown away. So I'll just add a little to the pile. And that's the kind of thing I feel like you could do that with your kids. You know what I mean? You could do that with an 18-year-old and they would think it would be fun to bust through wrapping paper. Yes. Oh, totally. I'm like, what doorway can I use? I'm totally thinking about it. Yeah, because it's silly fun in exactly the way that like even teenagers would really be into. I grew up in a house where we didn't wrap gifts. Well, the gifts from Santa were always not wrapped in my house. Well, that's because you grew up in a correct house where people knew how things should be done, Amy. Yeah. And so I had a sort of section, you know, we each had a section of the living room where we knew we could look. And that certainly makes it easier on Santa's elves. However, it does make Christmas morning last 90 to 120 seconds. So this is what we do, though. Santa gifts. I mean, this is probably because we're extra in every way. And this is like what I'm trying to cut down on and we'll probably never succeed in cutting down on. Santa gifts in the morning, regular gifts at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yes, yes. We do them after dinner. Yep. That's right. I mean, then you have something to look forward to. Although my kids, I have one, especially my Christmas elf who just goes bonkers for Christmas. And I was this kid and it just makes me laugh pretty much every five minutes for the entire day. He's like, is it three o'clock yet? I'm like, no, it's 10.02. (laughs) Is it three o'clock yet? No, 10.07 now. You know, I mean, he just goes... It's hard to wait for the afternoon. Now, this is a big one that a lot of people had different opinions on, Amy. Okay. Do you watch other people open their gifts or do you not? I have heard this described as an absolute horrifying experience by people on both sides of the aisle. I have strong feelings about this and I'm almost afraid to say, should I go first or you go first? I think we have the same opinions on this. I'm almost sure, but go ahead. Again, because, well, having just stated that I hate when Christmas morning lasts 90 seconds because there's nothing to unwrap, I think you will predict that my strong feeling is, yes, you watch because it gives you something to do. Otherwise, the family presents are opened and it's 3.07 p.m. And like, no, 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 no. The people who bought them spent a lot of time on them. Let's just sit and wait and watch people open presents. I am team. Everyone should watch everyone else open their gifts. Good. Phew. But I have (laughs) spoken to people for whom this is not the tradition, and they find this extremely annoying. And I believe I have been part of celebrations where I've tried to introduce this concept, and it has annoyed people. I think this is one of those things where you come down on two different sides. I had a friend recently talking to me about this, and she's like, oh, it's a whole thing, and everyone's got to be silent, and you've got to watch. And it's true that if there's 100 gifts, because there's not this year, but generally, you know, 14 people gathered, 
and that the sitting around and watching people, oh, oh, it's a scarf, oh, it's blue. It is annoying. I understand both sides of this, but I am team you watch other people open their gifts. Absolutely. Well, I think, I don't know. I feel like the people who think it's annoying probably had nothing to do with the shopping, the wrapping, the, you know, loading in the car. (laughs) There's a lot of work involved. I don't know if that's true. I think it's just traditions for people because this person I was talking to is a mom. So she's definitely not like, okay, but she's just like, eh, you know, and it's true. I mean, we've had Christmases where there's 12 people involved and it's like, what do you have next? And not everybody wants to be stared at while they open stuff. I don't know. (laughs) I think the whole thing is complicated. And I have come to, I was always like people who open gifts at the same time are monsters. And I have come to see another point of view on it, which is, can we just open and savor our gifts without the mom constantly shrieking? Everyone look, everyone look, Amy's opening her present. Or the wrapping paper goes here. I am that mom, so I have a lot of sympathy for myself. But I have come to see where that could be annoying. You can be, there's that person, there's also the police of wrapping paper must go in. We're going to pass around the garbage bag so that the wrapping paper can go in the, you know, recycling bag or garbage bag, like right now, right this minute. Oh, or even worse, let's fold up that nice paper. We'll use it again. Oh, yeah. It's hell. (laughs) Guys, the holidays. Here we go. I'm not that person. You would think I was, but I'm not. We'll be right back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say and making diaper changes a breeze for trusted protection trust pampers the number one pediatrician recommended brand download the pampers club app today and earn pampers cash then redeem your pampers cash for exclusive pampers coupon savings and rewards only redeemable via pampers club pampers cash has no cash value Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use fresh to get $100 off your lumen. That is l-u-m-e-n dot m-e. Lumen.me and use the code fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, we're back, Amy. Let's talk about food. People have strong feelings about food at the holidays. Food. My kids were just saying, I have teenagers, so they were like, what are we having for Christmas dinner? And I said, I don't know. What do you have for Christmas dinner? We always have exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. I found a Rachel Ray recipe a couple years ago called Christmas pasta. Oh, you've talked about this. Christmas pasta. Yeah. I'll put the link in the show notes. And the kids were like, yeah, we'll have that. It's just a very, like... You know, like long braised bolognese with like, you know, four kinds of meat in it and some fresh rosemary and stuff. It's really good. And and it's called Christmas pasta because in her family, they had all the fish on Christmas Eve. If you're Italian, we don't have that. But it's just a sort of like one pot meal that kind of takes all day and bubbles on the stove. And it's delicious. So we'll probably make that. That's nice and easy, too. Yeah. I mean, this is one thing growing up. Have I mentioned we were a little Christmas extra, Amy? But Mm -hmm. we had, there were four kids in the family. I thought recently there were five, but my imaginary sister of my mind, you've corrected me, did not exist. And so we had four kids, the two parents, grandma, uncle would come over, aunt would come over. I mean, it was always a big to-do. And then 
as we opened gifts at cocktail hour with fancy hors d'oeuvres and drinks, and then my mom would be preparing an entire meal. Like I look back and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of a mental way to do it. It's like Thanksgiving, but while you're making the meal, there's an entire other activity going on. But yeah, we still do yeah. that. But you're missing because you're making the meal. Yeah. And you're kind of like, <laughs> what was it? Socks? Okay, great. And you're like checking the temperature of the roast. And then you come out like the one thing you like went on eBay and found and bid out for it. Someone's opened and thrown away by the time you get out from making the meal. Yes. It's not great. Yes. But we do the big meal. We do roast beef, potatoes, Yorkshire pudding, and then some sort of, you know, green bean kind of a thing. We do the Grinch dinner, roast beast. The roast beast. Do you do Christmas cookie baking? You know, we do. We always have. And I'm very, very, I'm fighting my inner Grinch this year. Mm -hmm. I have reached my peak. Mm, I'm not going to say that because that's a mistake because it could definitely go higher. But I have reached a strong (laughs) stage of pandemic grouchiness. Yes. I am finding that like adding to the remote learning, keeping people on track, doing my several jobs that I pursue, that now, you know, Christmas cards and Christmas calendar and Christmas cookies, it's starting to feel like a crushing weight upon me. And I was thinking Christmas cookies may go this year. I don't know. But then again, what ends up happening is we have Saturdays to fill. So we'll probably do them next Saturday and try to be a little holly jolly. I'm not feeling it. I have a really, really easy cookie recipe that I'll also put in the show notes. It's toffee cookies that are made with four ingredients. It's basically like butter, sugar, chocolate, and saltine crackers. And you bake it and it turns into this like incredibly rich, crunchy caramel cookie that I swear I get requests for these. Back when you like went places for Christmas, people are like, please come to the Christmas party and will you bring those cookies that you make? And they don't know that it takes 10 minutes and they're super, super easy. I mean, it requires supervision, of course, but you could definitely do this with your kids. And it's so, so easy. I mean, my problem is, again, we've set up these traditions. Our Christmas cookie tradition is like the rollout cookies and we use the Christmas cookie cutters and Mm. it's fun. I may find the lane for it, but if you're feeling like Christmas Grinchy, I just want to say out there, I see you. I'm kind of over it all, you know, and it comes in waves. All this stuff is opt in. I mean, make the Christmas cookies if your kid would like that and you'll have a little fun together and you're in the mood to do that. But I'm not trying to add anything to your Christmas list. Yeah, I'm watching the story of like, I have to do all of this, even though I'm miserable and I'm fighting it because I do tend to be the cruise director. I do tend to be like keeper of the magic keys, you know, and I don't want to give up on that and grinch out and then regret it. But I also need to take a couple things off my plate this year because I don't want it to just be like, I am working in the fun jolly mine, digging up the fun jolly stuff and feeling miserable. You should have dinner at Rachel's house. Rachel says they do a lamb and grape leaves meal for the holiday. It's only complete when we roast each other at the dinner table until someone gets mad enough they leave. Then they're the loser and they have to load the dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Adrian, in the same tradition, says it's not a formal tradition, but we tend to air our grievances this time of year. True Festivus fashion. Yeah. Festivus, if you don't know, is in holiday referenced on Seinfeld, and it includes the airing of the grievances. That's an old Deluxe alert. Back in my day. I can't believe it. That's like 30 years old. That's early 90s Festivus. Is Seinfeld an old Deluxe alert? Jeez, I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's been a while. And I think being funny about the airing of the grievances is a great way to go. Oh, boy. I feel like that is a prickly path to go down, but we're doing it anyway. We might as well own it. We're not gathering this year, you know, so like we don't have the thing of like, yep. you know, the dynamics of the table where it's like we can't bring up this around this person and we can't say this and this person's going to bring up this. It's going to be controversial. At least we don't have that this year. Yep. A lot of people have Advent themes, the days leading up to Christmas. A lot of people doing books. Mary, this is extra, though. I'm sorry. 24 wrapped books and we unwrap one and read one daily. That's a little extra, Mary. I'm glad it's making you happy. But it sounds really fun. But I wouldn't call that a friction free. But a lot of like books, the Icelandic tradition of Jalaboka flood. 
<laughs> I know you love the Northern European traditions. So I clearly was meant to be born in Finland because... Check your 23 and me because at this point I'm thinking it's there. I've done it already. I'm a million percent Irish. <laughs> oh, darn it. But... I clearly have a bit of Icelandic blood somewhere because I love Huga, the cozy feeling. I love being a Danish baby. Yeah, what was that? It was like the going outside free loose live. I love free loose living. And I also love Jola Boca Flood. <laughs> Who knew? I will have to get better at these languages if I'm going to ever move to Finland. It means a Christmas book flood. Yes. People opening books to read on Christmas Eve. Everybody gets a book on Christmas Eve. I love this. I'm like DVD book of flood because we sometimes <laughs> give out DVDs, but that's not really the same. That's not really a thing anymore. Right now I'll give out my Netflix password and you can watch. <laughs> <laughs> I give out networks password book of flood, which is just here. You can watch Rudolph tonight on TV. But this I like and this I might adopt this year for my family like because as you say it's going to be the five of us i have jammies and if i gave everybody a book and now we're going to sit down and read a book that would be what that's a novelty what is this thing with paper and there's letters on it we read a book during the pandemic this has started it's kind of nice we have a book a family book and we read a chapter a night this is the kind of thing that sometimes i hear people say things like this and i'm like no no i'm failing at everything they're reading a book but we're just kind of chilly reading right now we're reading we did harry potter and now we're doing series of unfortunate events so like one chapter is maybe 15 minutes yeah those are such a good read aloud series they're really fun books and my husband actually does them it's funny because i know you do yours and you do you're an actress you do all the accents and stuff i do all the voices yep <laughs> my husband does them he does all the accents my niece who's recently staying with us and she's like why is he doing a swedish accent for that character that person is american i'm like please don't get involved with his accents he's got a system he reads it in funny voices it makes no sense there is no consistency to the accents you know a character maybe Swedish one day and like, you know, Latin the next day. Who knows what's going on with his reading, but it's fun. His audience is bought in, right? They are there for the content. His audience is fully bought in. No. And I did notice while having an external critic, there is some flaws to the performance, let's be honest, but mm -hmm. the kids dig it. And it just happens that our couch rims around the Christmas tree. And so last night while they were reading and we I mentioned, I think we got a my yes. mother-in-law sent us a little train that goes around the bottom of the Christmas, like a cheap plastic train. I'm not talking about an expensive item. It's so jolly. Like they sit there and read and the train's going around and I'm like, look at us. We're a Hallmark Christmas card come to life. I have read A Christmas Carol to my kids in the past, and I recommend that one. It's not that long. I mean, it, you can't do it at one sitting, but it's not as long as you think it is. It is, of course, an amazing book. It has ghosts, but it's not, they're not scary ghosts. You know, it's like, it's enough to keep, I would say, anybody older than five and younger than 15 truly transfixed. Carrie says that her husband reads Twas the Night Before Christmas, before we put out the cookies. These are the fun kind of traditions where... It's goofy, it's silly, but there's a potential that your kids will still want to do this when they're 17. And it's fun. Those kind of things are fun. Yes. And nothing is better, right, than when one of my kids, who I thought was too old for this, said, aren't we going to read A Christmas Carol this year? And I was like, set ye down. Let's get started. I couldn't believe that this kid was still asking for it. That's hilarious and adorable. Yeah. A lot of people are driving around looking at Christmas lights and... I don't know. Yes. I think we might do this. This was a big thing in my family growing up. And we got to a point where we were big enough with spouse. I mean, we, this is to tell you something. We all had spouses and we were still doing this. So we would take two cars and we would have a walkie talkie and talk to each other while we looked at the Christmas lights. And our handles on the walkie talkie were Spirit of Christmas 1 and Spirit of Christmas 2. That's extra. Yeah, I mean, we're Christmas nerds. I like it. And that's the thing, like, that fell away. We don't do that anymore. The other big tradition we always had on Christmas Eve, and I was just being annoyed at digital life, we always, we had a projector, and I don't know what millimeter, nine millimeter film, maybe the, like, little home movie cameras that they used to have back in the Stone Ages when I was a child. And my dad would set up the projector on Christmas Eve, and we would watch Christmas, you know, our home movies, 
of us. Oh, that's sweet. And that is something that I wish I, but basically now I'm like, our Christmas movies are like on eight different computers down in the basement that I keep having a plan that someday we'll digitize. But like, they're not, it's so much more convenient and yet they're completely inaccessible. It's frustrating. Can I go back to the light shows? Because I do want to give one caveat. Like that seems like a good thing to do this year. We can drive around and look at lights. The only problem with that is that Everybody else has the exact same idea. I have a friend in Michigan who said, let's go, because now they're setting things up where you can drive through a public park and like the county has set up a light show, like something like that. They waited two and a half hours to drive through a public park and look at lights. Yeah, same here. We didn't do it, but I saw people on Facebook saying, oh, by the way, the county light show is a two and a half hour wait. Two and a, because what else is there to do? Now, I mean, she was like, it was fun. My friend rolls that way. So my friend was like, we just watched A Christmas Vacation on my phone. And then by the time it was over, we didn't have to wait that long before we could drive through a public park and look at Christmas lights. I'm like that. She's a more evolved being. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> to have yes. handled that with equanimity because uh, that wouldn't have been me. But yeah, you can also just, somebody just said here, oh, Heather says they get hot cocoa from Dunkin' Donuts, which I mean, right. If you're a little kid, like that's like a five-star day, right? Hot chocolate from Dunkin' Donuts. Best. And then you just drive around. Like Even if you're a middle-aged lady, that's a pretty good day. Sure. Go to Dunkin' Dunks. It's called Dunks now. I don't know if you knew that. I'm, I'm seeing that a lot on Facebook. Well, I have friends from Boston who've always called it Dunkies, so I was ready for Dunks. <laughs> and you just drive around and look at the lights. You don't have to have a destination. Just sort of like, let's find the best house in town. I think this is a good time to evoke a core principle of the podcast, which is watch the story this will be fun. Mm. You can bail too, you know, because that's something that I think we say a lot. We have a famous story in our family that my dad thought it would be fun when we were in Florida at some point to take us all fishing on a deep sea fishing boat. And apparently it was pretty expensive, like outside of the budget. But my dad was like, that's okay. This is going to be our day, deep sea fishing. And he got, I think there was only three of us at the time. My little sister's a five-year gap. We were pretty young then, you know. We get out on the boat and I, of course, immediately start vomiting. Like immediately. We're barely off of the coast, you know. So then we're an hour out. And by the end of it, it was just basically four of us throwing up over the side of the boat. And my dad, who was very funny about it, but he was like, well, I might as well have just gone out to sea and thrown the money in the water, you know. Like it was just the most useless undertaking. But much more relaxing. (laughs) And so I think with Christmas... And presents especially, you know, I think a lot of times we have the thing of like, I've come up with the greatest gift. Wait till I give it to this child. They're going to be so excited. Just watch the story of like, this is going to be the thing. Because just as you can't predict what will become the tradition, you can't predict what's going to go well either. And so don't over attach on small kids. Like we always went to the zoo on Christmas Eve and it was the most magical night because likely you will just have kids crying and saying they're cold and wanting to go home. And then you'll feel super disappointed. Or afraid of Santa after you stood in line an hour. Of course, that's not happening this year, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not even going to get into that. (laughs) The fact that they're doing Santa at my mall. And my cousin in Montana, she did get her son's picture taken with Santa with a sheet of like plexiglass between them. And yeah, the one and a half year old did not cry. He was not afraid of Santa. Maybe we should keep it that way. (laughs) Maybe we should just keep the plexiglass, guys. (laughs) All right, we'll be right back. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. (laughs) But all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's 
H-E-R-O.co and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Now, Christmas last year versus Christmas this year. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Christmas last year. The 12 days of Christmas. Christmas this year. The 1200 days of what day is it and why does life have no meaning? Christmas last year. There's no place like home for the holidays. Christmas this year. There's no place but home. Ever. You're not going to Aunt Jones. There's no ornament exchange at Cousin Cheryl's. The most exciting place I want to see you is taking your trash cans to the curb and keep your home for New Year's too. Christmas last year. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Christmas this year. Listen, if staying in bed in a fetal position and shoving Christmas cookies into your mouth as fast as possible while sometimes crying is your version of holly and jolly, we are here to respect that. Christmas last year. Don we now our gay apparel. Christmas this year. So here's the thing. The gay apparel won't button because I've been sitting still and over snacking for the past eight months. How about I don me now these gay sweatpants? This has been Christmas last year versus Christmas this year. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Amy, I'm going to come back. I have my own... As you know, I'm very into Christmas. I think we've established that very clearly. But one of the fun things that has happened, my husband and his brother had a tradition at home, which I witnessed as an adult. As we know, I got married at like 36. So we were like grown adults when this was happening. Holiday traditions firmly entrenched. But that's when you know it's really a tradition, when it's still happening, when you're like approaching middle age. You know, you're like, okay, this is definitely a thing. Yes. They have, both of them have plain ornaments like a little airplane like a prop plane and they have a competition about whose plane is higher in the tree (laughs) and so at night they like switch each other's ornaments they hide one of the plane like it's an ongoing battle all christmas of whose ornament is higher in the tree (laughs) and it's just one of those funny things that like i'm not saying like oh make sure your kids do this it's really fun it's got to happen organically but my husband and i i'm a new york giants fan and he's a dallas cowboys fan and we were just noticing this year that the kids have really picked up on like uh oh mom's not gonna like this ornament at all because we have a player from each team that goes that's an ornament and those are the kind of things that can be really fun just random funny traditions and like you know oh make sure you don't put that dallas cowboy player higher than my giants player and just fun sometimes it's the little things i think is what i'm trying to emphasize it's not really the like eight course spread that you put out it's the funny thing that happens with the planes it's like you know when you were little and on christmas if you're listening for the sound of sleigh bells like as a grown-up you're sort of listening for the sound of christmas enjoyment and just jump on it right if your kids think it's hilarious to have the football ornaments fight then do it we have a comment from tiffany my mother-in-law used to require her kids to go outside on the front lawn and yell i believe in santa claus before they could open their gifts (laughs) my hubby and his brother look back on that fondly and those also are the kind of traditions that can get sillier and sillier as your like college age kids are doing it and you know it's fun to have those things that survive through the years yes erica says make green pancakes and have a grinch night never thought about that and watch the movie. That sounds fun to me. 
We were very big. This is something, again, we speak to you from the past, guys. You may not have ever experienced this, but there was one night a year that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was on that horrible claymation, you know. Rankin Bass. Hot mess show. Yeah, the Island of the Misfit Toys. That was one of our favorite nights. And now I will say my kids the other day on a Sunday night, I said, do you want to do a movie night? And they're like, is it okay if the kids just watch Rudolph together with hot chocolate? And I was like, it is definitely okay. It is more than okay. Go for it. But it warmed the cockles of my cold, dead heart, Amy, to see those kids enjoying Rudolph together. Yeah. And those are on, as you said, like they did a... um like Freeform Channel, there's always all these sort of Christmas marathons now. So there is Christmas content on all the time. It used to be appointment television. Oh, I mean, seriously, you'd wait all year for Rudolph night and Charlie Brown Christmas with the sad tree. So good. Charlie Brown soundtrack is a great sort of like background Christmas music, Christmas day kind of. It's mellow. I kind of miss my, I used to have Christmas, like very carefully cultivated Christmas playlists. And now I just go with like the Spotify Christmas, although you have to be very careful. You have to make sure that you choose classic Christmas on Spotify, because otherwise you get like a million pop stars you've never heard of if you're me because you're old that are singing like, you know, Christmas with my boo and stuff, which I don't want. (laughs) Or just Santa Baby. They all do a Santa Baby. And I'm like, there's enough versions of that already. I'll even take a pop star I've never heard of, say a classic Christmas song, but I really resent in the middle of my holly jolliness getting hit with like in sync Christmas is it the same without you I'm just like no that's not a Christmas song get it off my playlist I love like sort of novelty Christmas I have a Pottery Barn CD back when you bought CDs by the cash register at stores and it just is all these like corny songs from the 50s and 60s about Santa lives on an island and stuff and that one I absolutely loved literally what are you talking about what is a Christmas song about Santa living on an island you never spent Christmas on Christmas Island? I'm going to put the link in the show notes. It's the Andrews Sisters. Wow. And they sing a song about what would it be like if you woke up on Christmas Island. Back in my day. You've really made my day because you've referenced an oldie locks alert that is too old for me. And I'm so happy <laughs> that you've done that. We like Dominic the Christmas Donkey. Yeah. It's like Dominic the Christmas Donkey, but they're better songs. They're songs that are actually like pleasant to listen to. Dominic the Christmas Donkey is like, oh. funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's an ear sore, but it's so fun. And we, of course, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer is a classic. Oh, that's on the opposite of my bucket list, right? Like, I can definitely live out my days without hearing that song again. Without ever hearing that again? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's one. My sister has a phrase I don't believe original to her, which is delightmare. (laughs) And it's things that are, like, delightfully horrible. And that Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer is the ultimate delightmare for me. Like, I want to resist it, but there is something delicious about it to me. How do you feel about Mariah Carey? Because I feel like I could hear that song. Like, I love All I Want for Christmas is You. And it puts me in the Christmas spirit. Like, I think I've listened to it maybe 50,000 times at this point, And I've still got it in me to really love that song. I believe there is some sort of contest. Are you aware of this? No. I don't know the name of it. But it's a contest. Who, and like you do it in packs of people who can go the longest without hearing that song. <laughs> so it's self-reporting. Like you have to be like, all right, I heard it at the mall today. Sorry, I'm out. And so it's like a fun contest that friends do together. Like, can I make it through the entire Christmas season without hearing All I Want for Christmas is You? I could probably go pretty far because who goes anywhere, right? But if like when you go places... Well, this year it wouldn't really be fun because it's got to be like when you're out and about, you know? Yeah, this year you could go (laughs) through the whole year without hearing another human sound, Amy. I mean, the contest is kind of ruined. I'm going to opt out of that game this year and go back to when we see people. (laughs) You should opt in. You could be a winner. You're right. Be like, no, I never heard anything. I only heard the sound of children screaming at each other. Here's a random and fun idea. A Melissa Kissinger says they put a pickle on the tree and whoever finds it first opens the first gift. I want to say that when I read this, I was like, Melissa is clearly insane and needs a what fresh hell intervention because I've never heard of anything so crazy. What fresh hell is a pickle on the tree? But let me tell you, the Christian was like, gotta have the pickle. And many other people were like, oh, yes, the beloved Christmas pickle. Uh, Is it like a novelty item that can be purchased in gift shops or is it an actual pickle? I hope so. We need some clarification. Melissa, Kristen, and any of you other pickle maniacs, please clarify. If this is an ornament, like an enamel pickle, I will be fine with it. If it is an actual pickle... (laughs) Is it a spear? Is it a pickle chip? 
<laughs> I don't know what to say to you. But it's I love when this happens in life and on the Facebook group where people are like, oh, you know, the great tradition of hiding Santa's surfboard. Right. And you're like, what kind of maniac are you? Oh, yeah. Right. And then 10 people are like, that's my favorite of all the Christmas traditions. And you're like, wait, what? What is that? That's not a thing. Here's a free one that is super, super fun. If your kids are into Santa, the NORAD website. And it is so fun you can it tracks where santa is i know all of christmas day like oh santa's on bora bora right now and he's delivered one billion presents already and it has all of this content it is so fun and it kept my kids very busy when they were younger the only thing i will say about the norad christmas santa is that it often drives my kids from like a level 10 out of 10 of excitement into like a 47. You know, they go insane. Yes. They literally start jumping up and down and like dancing around. They just get crazy with that NORAD tracker. You have to get it and you have to sort of maybe distract them a little bit like later in the day. It's fun when it's like 10 a.m. on Christmas Eve morning and they're already out of their minds. But by like 6 p.m., they can start to get really anxious about I need to be asleep already. Yeah, the nine o'clock tracker starts to get real wacky. You know, they really start to go nuts. Here's a random one. I know Danielle, and I'm going to have to press her with some hard follow-up questions because this I've never heard of. And again, people were like, I love this wonderful tradition. We keep a slice of our tree stump every year. We date it, and then it stays out all year long until it is replaced. Have you ever heard of this? No. I mean, I don't hate it, but yeah. There's a lot of tree stumpers out there, too. People were like, ah, the wonderful tree stump tradition. Like, people are up to some (laughs) weird stuff out there, Amy. I love it, but I've never heard of anyone doing this. Uh, Yeah. I wonder if it, like, smells nice. Do you get any sort of, like, pleasant, sappy smell? (laughs) I cannot imagine anything about this. Like, why you would want a tree stump, why you would want in August to be, like, clearing stuff around a tree stump. I don't understand... A lick of it, but I appreciate that people are into it. Paige says they do sausage bread for breakfast. You make it the night before, super simple morning. We do like a French toast casserole. Same thing. You make it the night before, you know, turn on the oven before everybody comes downstairs to see what Santa brought. And then, you know, at some point the French toast casserole goes in and you don't have to make breakfast, but you have a good breakfast. My mother-in-law does it with uh, like a biscuit casserole. It's like biscuits, eggs, sausage, and it all goes together. And people are really into it. Gotta give a uh, shout out to the cinnamon roll people. Sure, yeah. People are way, way into their cinnamon rolls, Amy. I mean, Pillsbury cinnamon rolls, homemade cinnamon rolls, Cinnabon cinnamon rolls. I mean, people have a lot of thoughts on this holiday and cinnamon rolls. I wonder, can you get Cinnabon cinnamon rolls, like not at a Cinnabon? Yeah, I think they sell like a frozen kind now. Oh, yeah. Cinnamon rolls are one of those things where I feel like the Pillsbury one, it's like McDonald's french fries. Like you could make your own, but there's something about the, you know, highly processed version that's extra delicious. Amy, we were going to try to avoid this dude. We were going to try to forget about him because neither of us are supporters. Oh, yeah. But we've come to the point of our podcast where we have to talk about Elf on the Shelf. Yeah, I want to say that it's not like I think you shouldn't do it. It's just we're the ghost of Christmas past here. Like the Elf was after my kids being little and so never had it. And I think the idea that you have to do it now, it just seems like a big, big job to me. I think there are people who are so clever about it. The difference with Elf on the Shelf, because I remember hearing about it. What drove Elf on the Shelf into his current prominence is um, social media. Yeah. Like when people could post what their elf was up to and it seemed like everyone else was doing it because there was definitely elf on the shelf, but I never even knew what it was. And now you go on Facebook and everyone's got the elf and he's trumpsing around in the powdered sugar and he's up to craziness. This is the kind of thing that I think if it's fun for you, do it. And I think I could see getting in my extra Christmas way. I had the good sense when this started. My youngest was probably still five, like definitely younger enough to do it but I had the good sense when this started to know that like I would not be able to control myself and that I was not mentally responsible enough to have an elf because I would be at midnight being like oh my god what can the elf be doing and running around it's all my weaknesses remembering to do stuff and then being too extra with stuff at the same time so I bailed I've softened my stance on it because I think in the past I was more like, don't do that. Hello. And but then my sister, whose kids are a decade younger than mine, she was like, you can't really opt out like the kids don't understand why everybody else have one and they don't. 
I love Amy's because I think this is an important one. It's not you, Amy, a different Amy. Different Amy. There's always a different Amy. There's always other Amy's. There's a lot of Amy's out there. A few years ago, when my husband was out of work as something special, I put together a hot cocoa bar, mostly with stuff I had, marshmallows, cocoa, chocolate chips. I bought each kid a new mug at Dollar Tree. They loved it. I think often we think traditions and a lot of the stuff we talked about costs money, you know, and we don't all, especially around the holidays, have money to spend. And I think it's important I mean, this is now we're heading into like the Christmas special ending where it's like, it's not about gifts. It's about the love after all. But guys, that's kind of true. You know? Yeah. It is kind of about the traditions from like, we hide candy canes. We have a special doll who moves around the house. It doesn't have to be Elf on the Shelf. Your kids will actually remember the plain ornaments more than they'll remember the giant dollhouse that they you thought there was their one heart's desire yeah and not to be too you know cloying about it i think the other thing is we have to be careful at the holidays that like our way is the right way we talked so much about this with susan katz miller Lori says my thinking is i do the wrapping and the shopping we should do it my way right <laughs> she's not wrong but remember that like the ability to control the holiday and make it turn out the right way is not what your kids remember either. It's that you were all there together and engaged in some form of jolliness, not about that everything turned out perfectly. Lead with the hot cocoa. That's my big takeaway for this episode. Like have lots of hot cocoa available. I couldn't agree more. Hot cocoa is low buy-in delicious and downright merry. I tell you, <laughs> it'll get us through. We solved it. Just have more hot cocoa this year. We solved Christmas. Guys, I hope you all have a merry whatever you celebrate. You know what? I want to have a little holiday request. If you want to get us something for the holidays this year, as the year ends, we would love some ratings and reviews. We have plenty. We can always use more. I have instructions up on whatfreshhealthpodcast.com, but you can usually just swipe or tap wherever you listen and, you know, hit some stars and give us some love. Can I give a little inside baseball, Amy, which is that every single week before we record, we say we have to ask for ratings or reviews before we start talking. And we never do. <laughs> we really did it this time. So please. And it's mostly my fault. So get me out of the Christmas doghouse with Amy and go leave us a rating or review because I always promise I'm going to remember to say that. And I never, never do. So that can be your Christmas gift to us. And have a happy holiday, guys. We'll talk to you next week. So long. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks.